We'll be back soon. Go nowhere, touch nothing, and talk to no one with eight or more eyes. But I wanted to go exploring. You can. From inside the Star Scavenger. Look, as your big sister, I just have to keep you safe, okay? And besides, you're way over your oops limit for the day. There's a limit? Roger, don't let him out of your sight. Roger, Roger. Special episode of Full of Sith. I am the Mike Pilot, and with me, my co-host and um, panel supremist, Brian Young. Uh, Brian, how you doing, man? I am well. How about yourself? You're doing well. We got uh, we got some audio here from Salt Lake Comic Con. You want to tell everybody what we're going to be listening to today? Yeah. So so Salt Lake Comic Con had Leland Chi out to uh, talk about the Freemaker Adventures, which yeah. is a show that's that's I've uh, warmed to it a lot, and I know you. You were not having the most fun with Rowan, but uh, he grew on me. Yeah. And Grabala the Hut really sold everything for me. And so this is Leland and I talking about it. Leland talks about sort of the genesis of it. And what's going? I mean, you were there. Yeah. No, it was a great panel. We'll talk about it afterwards. Let's get into it. Let's let everybody hear it. And I can relive it a little bit myself. And then we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrating Star Wars Lego The Freemaker Adventure. Is that the official title? Like, I've never had to... Like, what's the official guide on the title of the show? Yeah, Celebrating. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, on the actual show. Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventure is the show. And uh, I'm Brian Young. I write for uh, StarWars.com and Star Wars Insider, and I co-host the Full of Sith podcast. And uh, I'm here with... Uh, my name is Leland Chi. I work for Lucasfilm. I'm part of the story group. And I am uh, credited in the show as a creative executive. Uh, plus, I have another credit in there. My name appears there in there twice. I don't, it's like concept to screen person or something. Uh, but but that, what really that means is uh, I was there since pretty much not quite the very beginning, but uh, when they first assembled the team of writers to, to start approaching, uh, to start working on the show, on, on the episode of the show, uh, that's when they brought in because they needed someone uh, with Star Wars expertise to sort of uh, make sure that, that the, this was a new approach to LEGO that we hadn't really taken before. So I want to ask yeah. for, for those, how many of you in the audience have actually seen the Freemaker Adventures? How many of you are super familiar with it? And how many of you are here to check out and figure out what, what it might be? <laughs> so why don't you start with uh, just sort of a, a pitch about what the Freemaker Adventure is about and, and who the Freemakers are. Okay, well, well first, let's, I like to go back to like the very beginnings of, okay. of, of, of what, what is Lego Star Wars uh, and, and how did that come to be? Because Lego Freemaker Adventures is, is the evolution of what we've been doing with, with Lego and Star Wars. Uh, Lego Star Wars came out when uh, the first products for Lego uh, came out with, when Phantom Menace came out. So uh, that was a big risk for, for Lego uh, because they hadn't done licensed properties before. They'd, they'd always had their own, their own proper, properties and they never licensed it out. So for them, it was a big risk. And, and uh, for us, it was, it was exploring a, a new... Because, uh, you know, we had Hasbro as a partner. Uh, so it was a new opportunity to, to, uh, to bring... Fans of Lego, fans of Star Wars together. 
I, I know when I was a kid growing up uh, playing with Legos, uh, I, always, I had this, some of the space sets. So I'd always like try to find a way to make my space set into a Star Wars set. So I gave my little guys little, uh, the antenna piece to, to get, make it a lightsaber. For me, it was always finding the forest sets to make it Endor and finding anything I could get with snow, like the, the bases of snow and building, using white bricks to build Hoth. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so Lego St- Star Wars toys come out, and it's huge hit, huge hit. Uh, it, it quickly becomes one of Lego's uh, most popular brands. And then Lego also, from that, uh, starts to license to other brands like Batman and Harry Potter. Um, and so as part of, of what Lego was doing with Star Wars, uh, they started creating little commercial shorts. And then, so th- and they would you know, highlight a product, and it, it'd be this, this funny little thing, or they'll, they'll, they'll tell the movies really quickly. Um, and then they got a little more ambitious, and they started doing half-hour specials. And all these half-hour specials, they, uh, you may have seen some of them. There's the Padawan. The, the Padawan, Padawan Menace. Menace. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they were done by, uh, they were written by most of the, the all, all of the specials uh, done prior to Freemaker Adventures were done by a Simpsons writer named Michael Price. Um, but all these, all these stories were very parody-driven. Uh, it's very much in the line of, of Robot Chicken, uh, you would you would have lots of characters that would sort of intermingle when maybe they didn't intermingle. So you'd have Darth Maul show up uh, to confront Darth Vader with his uh, six-bladed lightsaber, uh, and just like lots of crazy jokes. And then um, eventually, Lego Lego Star Wars they they had a more ambitious series called uh, the Yoda Chronicles. Uh, they introduced a new character. It was, the, it, was the, it was the first time that they really introduced a new major character. Um, this was a clone that they had uh, created uh, originally for Lego. He was a clone that had a kyber crystal arm. So uh, Im- imagine a clone with force powers. Uh, and, and this clone was named Jack 14. And there, there was, he had an original story. It was a real, real, original character. But it was still, those, you see those episodes, and it was still very heavily laced in, in parody. Um, so when uh, we, we did another one called Droid Tales, which, which was basically mostly a retelling of, of the films. Uh, there were some Rebels in there. There was some Clone Wars in there. Um, and then there was a little, the, the, the last episode of that series, there was a little, little original story because um, there was the search for R2-D2 and, and Akbar shows up. Um, but for this show, we, we wanted to do something different. And, and, and so... This is a, a 13 episode, it's a full season, because all the other shows had been half hour specials. Joy Tales was, was four episodes. Uh, this was a full season, and uh, it was a, a, a joint effort by Lego, Disney, Lucasfilm uh, to create original story uh, with original characters, and um, we knew that we wanted to set it in between uh, in the classic era, uh, and so. Uh, Carrie Beck, who's a member of the story group, was, was tasked with finding, with, with, with finding pe- two people to create the show. And so she found um, these two guys, uh, Bob Roth and Bill Motts. Uh, these guys are, are, are animation veterans. Uh, they started off working, writing for Darkwing Duck back in the 90s. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they worked on shows like Shaolin Showdown, uh, Penguins of Madagascar. Uh, so these guys were were animation veterans, Disney veterans, uh, 
And so they, they at, a, at a ConomCon one night, they, they sort of heard about that, that there was a show happening. And uh, they, after that Comic-Con, it was a Comic-Con party that they met. They, they heard of this. And like, they left the party, and two hours later, they had the concept for the show. Um, and the show is about uh, a family, which is, which is unusual for Star Wars because this is a family that is, actually, that is, that is a, a real family that is, is tight in it. You've got two, two brothers, a sister, and then they've got a battle droid named Roger. And, uh, Roger's the best. <laughs> you know, usually, usually with Star Wars, the, you've, you've got a, you, the, the sister who don't know each other. You've got the, the, the son and the father who are, you know, the family, family thing doesn't usually work out very well in Star Wars. But this was an, this was an instance where, where this, this was a family of siblings, and, and they loved each other. And they, they had to, and they were regular people to start off with. So they, they uh, ran this salvage, salvage shop because... Uh, the whole concept of building with Legos worked so well with this concept of, of salvaging. So, so their, jo- their, their job in life was to, to uh, go to uh, battle sites, take parts, and build new ships with them or repair ships. And, and they have real-world problems, like tr- how, do we, what, how do we pay the rent every year uh, or every month, so... Uh, so you've got Roger, a battle droid, and, and Roger the battle droid, if, if anyone's a fl- fan of Clone Wars, uh, Roger is voiced by the same Matthew Wood, who voiced the battle, all the battle droids in Clone Wars. He also voiced General Grievous. Uh, so, so you had a, a, this great link to, to, to the prequels where you had a battle droid, but this battle droid was a good guy. He bakes cookies. <laughs> he bakes cookies. Yeah, and, and he didn't. He didn't have those violent tendencies that the that the his predecessors had. He'd been reprogrammed by by, the, by this family. Uh, so let's get into the family. There, there's the Freemakers. Uh, like I said, it was it's two brothers and a, and a, and a sister. Um, the the oldest is a pilot, and his name is uh, Xander. Xander Xander Freemaker, uh, and he he's 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 a, a great mechanic. He's a great uh, he 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 always use he has this line where he's like I'm Xander Freemaker, super ace pilot guy. He's he was always got uh, he, he's very proud of, of his skills and he loves ships. I mean he can identify uh, any and any model of ship from 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 a mile away. He he can he knows what chromium smells like. So so uh, there's an episode where uh, there's this Naboo starfighter and. He can smell the metal of the the Naboo starfighter. That because, was a good episode because <laughs> he loves starfighters so much. Uh, the next sibling, the next oldest sibling, is uh, Cordy Freemaker. So she's like the she's sort of like the mother of the group. She's the responsible one. She's the one that is 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 always getting on everyone. That you know we've got to pay the bills. We've got to get a new job. Um, but she's also kind of like a wheeler and dealer. And this this is one of the things that I just only found out recently. Um, while, while Xander was based on, uh, the, the two brothers are based on, on, uh, on one of the creator's uh, two sons, one who is a car aficionado, and the other one is, is a younger one who uh, we'll, we'll get to later. Uh, but, this, but, but, but Cordy was, uh, the way that she wheels and deals and, and, and try to sort of manipulate people, uh, she was based on uh, uh, an Eddie Murphy character from, from Trading, Trading Places, <laughs> which I thought was very interesting. Uh, and then you've got the youngest son, Rowan Freemaker, who, uh, you know, he's a 12-year-old kid. 
uh, as a 12-year-old kid, he doesn't have the greatest attention span. You know, he'll, he'll like, see something and say, ooh, shiny. Uh, so, but the, the, in the first episode, we discovered that Rowan has a special ability. And this special ability is, is his ability to t- detect something called... Uh, we, in, in, in Clone Wars and, and in some of the other lore, we have, we, we've established that lightsabers are powered by a crystal called a kyber crystal. Well, in this show, we have something called a kyber saber. And how this weapon differs from a, a standard lightsaber is that the entire blade is made of crystals. And so what happened is, is a, a, an ancient Jedi built this lightsaber... Uh, and it, and it assembled this lightsaber with, with seven crystals. And what happened is, he, once he built it, he found out that it was too powerful. I mean, he, 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 first, he's in, so using it and, and sort of appreciating the power of this thing. And then he accidentally destroys the, the moon of the planet that he's sitting on. And, and at that moment, he, he realizes that this weapon is too powerful uh, for anyone to wield, so he takes seven of his most trusted Jedi, and they separate the parts, parts across the galaxy. And so that sets in motion uh, the series where Rowan, ha- Rowan Freemaker, the youngest, has this ability to sense where these crystals are. And so that's where the adventure starts, and then um, it takes us all the way to, to uh, sort of... You get Vader and the Emperor also know about this kyber saber, and so they are also ser- uh, searching for it. There is a character named Nare who, uh, uh, who starts off as a, a friend of the Freemakers. Uh, we, 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 uh, there, here's a little spoiler here. She starts off as a friend of the episode of, of, the, of the Freemakers because she wields a lightsaber, so they, they think she's a Jedi. But in the very first episode, um, spoiler, uh, we find out that she's actually an agent working for Vader and the Emperor. So right away, you've got this, this Lego show which completely twists your expectations of what a Lego show should, should be because one of the good Jedi characters in the very first episode ends up being evil at the very end. So, um, I think one of the really interesting things about the show is that it sort of weaves in and out of the events uh, that, that we know uh, and with the characters that we know. So you've got cameos from Lando and Luke and Leia and you see planets like Solast and uh, That is Solast, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we see, we, we see Hoth. And, yeah. and, and the great thing about oh, this is, is, is we, can, we can blend all... Uh, we don't really call it canon, but we call it... I know the... the uh, canon adjacent. Canon adjacent. Uh, we want it to be as faithful to what you know about the film, so we're not going to be twisting the timeline at all. Uh, it's, it's squarely set in the between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi timeline, so Han Solo can appear in it unless he's frozen in carbonite. Uh, you can't, and he yeah. has, yeah, frozen yeah. carbon. <laughs> um, and then, and then there's, so you. Can, but we have, if if if, it, if there are opportunities for us to to throw in cameos, that makes sense. We we, we do a lot of that. So uh, you get a Maz Kanata cameo. Uh, there's a whole episode where we go to Takadana, so it ties into to, to the Force Awakens. Uh, you get a lot of prequel references because uh, Roger, obviously being a battle droid, is a is a element of, of uh, a reminder of the Clone Wars. And and then you you go to Clone Wars sites, you go to Naboo. Um, one question: I, like they're they're incredibly faithful to the point where you set they set an episode at the Bunta Eve pod race. 
and it felt like the track was the same. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it got to the point where they were building the sets where it looked like they were the right tracks. Yeah, and you, and, and you get, uh, if, if you guys are familiar with pod racers, there's a pod racer called Ben Quadineros oh, who's man. in there. Uh, Foden, one of the voices of the, the pod race announcers, is the, the voice actor who did uh, the voice in Phantom Menace. Yeah, uh, Greg Proops. Yeah. Um, I want to talk, actually, I've been saying like literally for weeks since we've been talking about this panel, I want to talk about Grabala the Hutt. <laughs> um, well, because he plays well, prominently in that. When, when, you, when you talk about Grabala the Hutt, you have to first start with uh, the person who voices him. Yeah, so, so Grabala is voiced by a character, by, well, he is a character, I'm sure, uh, Dana Snyder, who was uh, Master Shake on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So just kind of put that personality in a hut. And he's kind of a second-rate hut, so he has a second-rate bounty hunter. So instead of Boba Fett, he's got Dengar. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he's, he's got a, a, a Toydarian uh, assistant uh, named Yeppo, who, who through most of the first season, all he says is yep, yep. <laughs> so he's a, like a literal yes man. But um, you, you put him in situations where he's chasing after the Freemakers. Too. Like it, it feels like it builds where they're just the danger builds exponentially, but it's just so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that starts with, with, with Dana and, and, and casting him as a hut. And, and Dana, Dana's a, 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 a cousin, I think he's a cousin of Jabba. So you have him interacting with Jabba. Uh, Grabala does speak English or, or basic, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and, and so he's always sort of like under, uh, he's always second tier to Jabba. And, and, and all he wants to do is, uh, he wants to just establish his, his resort Spa. and buffet. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's his goal in life. Um, so, I mean, there's other really uh, recognizable voices on the show outside of him, too. I mean, you've got Richard Kind voicing an Imperial officer who's sort of like the laziest Imperial <laughs> officer ever. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And Richard Kind is, is, has, is a animation... Uh, uh, he's he's he voiced Bing Bong in Inside Out, uh, but he's also been in in tons of yeah. Uh, you you know that guy's yeah. face. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a those two characters. He, he, so there's Durpin and, and Plume Striker, uh, and and Durpin is he, Durpin's a smart guy. He knows that you know what if you get if you're in the Empire if you're an Imperial officer and you get promoted, you get one step closer to being. Uh, choked to death by Darth Vader, so he wants nothing more than to 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 sort of just lie low and and not be noticed at all because he knows that once you get noticed and once you're under Vader's radar, uh, you're on the chopping block. And it's funny because he proceeds to fail in situation after situation that puts him in a worse and worse position, which is absolutely what he loves. But that puts him in closer contact with the Freemakers and Vader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it's. I mean, the, the tone of the show is is really, really fun. Um, and I'm wondering what it is. I, I mean, as a creative executive on the show, what is your role play in in making sure it comes off? So this is this is the first show that I've I've I've, I've, I've gotten to be a part of the the, the writers' room, which is I don't, I don't know if you, you any of you understand how, how TV series are made, but but what they do is they they the, the showrunners will. Will come together uh, for a couple of days, and what they'll do is they'll break 
a series of episodes, four or five episodes, and they have all the writers come in there. So uh, it's a very collaborative process, and you've got not only the showrunners, you've got the, the, uh, the writers, uh, you've got representatives from Lego, you've got representatives from Lucasfilm, uh, and it's just, just imagine like two days of, of, of brainstorming, like what could we do with Star Wars, and, and what do we want to see? Uh, and, and, the, and, and, and Bill and Bob, showrunners, uh, they, they come in with, okay, this is, we need an episode where Xander Freemaker steals, uh, or steals a Naboo starfighter. You know, what, him being a, a, a starship connoisseur, what does that mean, and, and, and what would he do to it? And, uh, and The answer is hilarious. <laughs> because, I mean, you can imagine, like, what happens when Darth Vader sees it, too. Yeah, that was, that was, that was like, because you know, like, you know, Darth Vader was Anakin as, as a young kid, so, and he did some amazing things in that Starfighter. So what would Darth Vader's reaction be if you saw him in a Starfighter? <laughs> It, it, it could be. It could be. Yeah. No, exactly like that, actually. Um, do you want to take questions? Sure, yeah. We don't have to take questions, yeah, but he's like, he's, he keeps jumping his <laughs> hand up and down. I just wanted to ask when you were talking about the, the setting of the show between Empire and, and Jedi, uh-huh. a lot of the other stuff that's coming out right now, especially in the comics, is set between New Hope an empire, and I was just this was intrigued me because this was the, this was the only thing we're seeing right now that's that's in this time period. And do you know if there was a specific decision of why it was put between Empire and Jedi and not New Hope and Empire? Oh, be, oh, between between well, so why? between five and six, in, yeah, between and five not, and six, between four and five. I don't, I don't think there was any sort of you know you wanted to have. If you if you do between four and five, then you don't get Lando, and if you do between five and six, then you don't get Han. Uh, uh, we wanted to, to have the rebels in a specific position. We wanted the freemakers to be in a specific position. So it's it's a bit of an arbitrary decision. I mean, it could have happened between four and five, but if you do it between four and five, then you don't get Hoth because you know what they have. No one's been to Hoth yet, so you do it between five and six. All of a sudden, Hoth is where a former battle was, and you can't. The Freemakers could logically go there to salvage from that battle. Yeah, I guess you get more to work with. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Can I ask a question about Hondo, who makes a cameo yeah. on the show? Yeah. Um, because this is canon adjacent, but not canon, would that logically mean that Hondo makes it to the period between we definitely, and we Jedi. definitely take those cons- things into consideration so so um, we definitely believe that hondo is alive during that period yes. and <laughs> and you actually um, there was a series of of, of well, one of the connections between hondo and 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 Maz is that hondo's uh, symbol it's sort of like a pirate symbol uh, is one of the flags that you see outside of Maz's castle uh, and that, that was one of the one of the cool things that we got to do in, in Force Awakens was uh, like the ILM depart, uh, department said, "We need some flags for this. What kind of symbols should we put up there?" So, so we're, we're giving them. Oh, we'll put we'll put Hondo symbol. We'll put we'll put uh, you know Zagos is in there too. Zagos is in there too. Yeah. So so we put a lot of a little little Easter nods to Rebels, but not to Clone Wars in there. Um, and and yeah, we wanted to suggest that that there was this connection. I think Hondo and Maz was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and you know, Hondo being a pirate, you know, he fits perfectly in that that location. Um, with the 
scripting. You said like everybody gets in a room and you write a script and presumably have a script. But I interviewed um, the producers, Bill and and Bob. They came right? up with the the, the basic beats or, of the story. So that's, uh, so and they were saying like Dana Snyder will come in and for every like minute that he's <laughs> on. Like there's 30 minutes of material. I would love produced. to see that because I, I, that that happens in the when they do the recording, and I, I'm not part of that process. But uh, yeah, they do. I mean, when you have someone like like Dana Snyder in there, uh, who has that ability to to improvise, uh, then you know you, the possibilities are, are insane. Yeah. So for you, you work in the writers' room, and you kind of help them help guide them to, you know, where in canon they could put things or where. Yeah, you know, and what, things... you know what, what? What planet? Can, you know what would? Yeah. What would the state of this planet be? What? What? What could we possibly do on Naboo? Uh, what? Where on Coruscant is the? What does the Jedi, the Emperor's t- uh, palace look like? Uh, things like that. Uh, and then the next step is sort of like wh- what's the next step you're involved after the after the writers' room after you've helped given them that guidance. Uh, so at, at some point uh, they might they might ask for uh, a reference for something. It's They'll, and they'll, they'll always have, like, questions like, you know, one of the first questions that they ask me is, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to have these freemakers, they salvage parts, and they put ships together but that, don't, that are just, like, amalgamations of different types of ships. So if we had a ship that uh, combined an X-Wing and a TIE fighter, uh, what would we call that? And, and I'm like, in, in, from, from Star Wars lore, those are, those are uglies. It's, it, it's something that been, had been established. Uh, and so, so from that point on, they were using this term, uglies, to describe all these ships that were, were, were these crazy combinations of other ships. Uh, j- just out of coincidence, another name for uglies that, that the EU had established was that these things were called Z-wings. So um, Xander, who, who, who builds these uglies... Uh, doesn't like the idea of them being called uglies, so so he insists that they they be called Z-wings, uh, and and you can in, maybe infer that he's calling them Z-wings after himself, but or, or 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 some other general term, but it was just like one of those those fun coincidences that that fit perfectly. How often do you get to oversee those fun coincidences? Like you just it's, connect. The I dots? get ran- I just, I'll just get random questions from Bill and Bob. You know, uh, a couple questions every week. Um, Sometimes they'll say, uh, we, need a, we need a ship. Uh, we need a luxury ship. What do we, what do, we do? Oh, well, you know what? That, that ship in the, that, that Lando had in the EU that appeared in Clone Wars, you know, that's a luxury ship. Why don't we, why don't we put that in there? That's really cool. And, so- then, and, and then plus the, plus the people that, that work on the show, um, Lego, uh, they're also big fans, and they, they come up with this, these huge lists of, uh, we've got all these ships that, that we found uh, on Wikipedia about. Uh, uh, we're gonna, we, is it okay if we put the Star Tour ship in the background? Sure. I loved the Star Tour ship as it appeared in Rebels, too. Yeah, like, I yeah. love that the Star Tour ships are like getting play in the universe. <laughs> I love that so much. So we had another question over here. So you, you talk about you break a few episodes at a time, and in comedies like The Simpsons, uh, the writers will all be in the room and they'll write the episode together. But in traditional kind of television dramas, you break the episode and then you split, and someone takes the writing responsibility. For yeah, the individual that's episodes. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's. So I mean, how is it for this show? Out of yeah, curiosity? that's exactly what happens. So so uh, after that that writer's session, uh, the the writer the writers get to okay, I want to do the episode, I want to do the Xander episode, or I wanted to, and uh, it, they get doled out that way, and then you know. A, a month later, or depending on depending where on the schedule, 
the schedule actually plays a lot, a big part of, of which writers take what, because uh, depending, if you're doing an, uh, an earlier show, that means that the delivery date is earlier. So that sometimes pl uh, pl plays a factor. And yeah, the, the writers will walk away with uh, one or two episodes uh, to, to write over the next, next few months. Um, and, then the, and then from that point, uh, the, the, writing, the, it will, the writing will go through many drafts. Uh, Lucasfilm will, will approve it. Uh, Disney will approve it. Uh, and, then, and then you've also got the... Uh, so the shows are actually made uh, by a company in Denmark called, uh, called Will Film. So uh, they will, there, there will be a, an iteration where uh, the Bill and Bob will go over that episode, uh, the, the drafts, with the uh, studio at Will Film, where they will, they will block it, they will block all the action, they will figure out what all the action is and, and things like that. So, as you're watching, uh, you're in. At what point uh, do you get to go? Over, do you go over the scripts or anything as yeah, they're going through them, absolutely. so that you make sure, like, hey, this detail might be we, wrong. We, we, we get we, so the scripts come in. Uh, there's there's various stages. So so the first stage is, is a premise. So it's like uh, a couple of paragraphs, and then you'll get an outline. You know, you know th that that will be reviewed, and then a couple of weeks later, you'll get an outline. Uh, which is maybe a page long or two pages long, and then after that, uh, you'll get the first draft. Um, and are they, uh, you know, with with Clone Wars and with Rebels? I mean, that's being produced. You know, the Office is Dave Filoni. Those guys are all in the Presidio. Right. But these, uh, Bill and Bob, they're LA they're based. in Burbank. They're, they're in Burbank. They're Burbank. And most of the writers are in Burbank too. So uh, when I go to the writers' group, this is one of the. the the instances where, for Rebels, all the writers will come up to Skywalker Ranch. Well, for, for this show, I'm actually the one person that goes down to Burbank for those, <laughs> those meetings. Um, as, as you've gone through the show uh, and you've watched it, what is it about it that, uh, like, what, what is it about it that, that uh, I've noticed with parody, right, with the more parody Lego things, it was really easy to make jokes that maybe... Um, that were just like, hey, this is a joke at the expense of this, and a joke at the expense of that, and a joke at the expense of this, but this really brings the humor into Star Wars and, and hangs that on the characters and the situations Absolutely. rather than just yeah. throwing gags at people. Yeah, and, and a lot of that is coming from the voice actors, so when you've got Roger being... And Roger, Roger, voiced by Matt Wood, who's pretty much the same character as he was as the battle droids, except he's not... He doesn't have a gun. You know, he's not shooting people. He's He's... he's he, his duty is to be sort of like the butler to, to the freemakers, but the characterization is the same. Yeah. He has the same uh, he, he has the same fears that the, the, the battle droids always had. I always felt that the, the battle droids in Clone Wars were, were sort of the victims because they would just be tossed into battle, and you know Grievous would like throw one off the cliff without thinking about it. So so these battle droids were just they were they were completely discarded and 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 so. You're, you're taking this this character who who has lived his entire life feeling like he was disposable, and now he feels like he is the last of his kind. Uh, so you've got that. All of a sudden, you have a battle droid who's like concerned about preservation for the sake of uh, keeping keeping his his self intact. Um, as far as the timeline for Freemaker at the end of the season without, without giving anything away. I mean, is it going to be moving past the events of Return of the Jedi if there's anything more coming? So, so, so the, 
season one is 13 episodes. Um, it begins and ends uh, before Return of the Jedi. Um, so, so anything can happen. Anything. I'm, I just keep thinking about the Battle of Jakku and how much sweet, sweet salvage all of that would be. <laughs> to, get, to get to Jakku, you'd, the, the Battle of Jakku doesn't happen until after a, Jedi? Yeah, like a year after. Yeah. So it would yeah. be, but there's all that sweet, sweet yeah. salvage over Endor, too. Yeah. That's a lot of salvage. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't talked about, about uh, whether there will be a season two or not. Uh, uh-huh. Everyone would love for there, for there to be a season two. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, I, I want to see. At this two. point, there hasn't been any, any official announcement. Okay. Speaking of connections to Force Awakens, I was wondering where the, the idea of the Kyber Saber came from. Because in the book, the art... Of, the, the concept art from the Force Awakens when they were uh, starting that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There is a there is a saber made of crystal, uh, completely completely unrelated, um, but but very a very cool connection. That was just that was just very coincidental. I mean, the concept artists they they come up with a thousand different concepts, uh, and that one that one just just so it was it was just the creators of the show that came up with that Kyber yeah. saber yeah. idea. Got another question back there. I, I know you don't know when and if there will be a season two, but, I mean, the ratings were probably really good for season one, right? I mean, they're more than likely there will be a season two, right? Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be really cool. Huh? <laughs> it'd be really cool. It'd be, it'd be really cool to have in season two. If a season two were to happen, uh, you know. I mean, the ratings were probably good for the season one, right? I mean, Everyone seems to be happy with it. Oh, good. So yeah. when, when might season two happen? Like, probably not until next year or something, probably, right? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to have too much of a break in between, because if you, if you put too much of a gap. So uh, for those who have seen the show, I mean, the show does sort of leave it at a place where there is room to expand on the story. Um, and with the 13 episodes, will they be on, like, a Blu-ray or DVD at some point in the near future? No announcements yet. Uh, the show is on Disney XD right now, uh, but you could also get it on, on various video-on-demand sites. Um, and I, the very first episode is actually available on YouTube, I believe. So okay. if you want to check it out, uh, the Disney XD uh, YouTube channel. Thank you. It's a, it's a great show. I hope yeah. it gets a season two. Yeah. For, for, those who, for those of you who have seen the show, like... You've, you've, you've come here because uh, hopefully, hopefully you've, you've enjoyed it. What have you, what have you, what have you, what, what was it that you, you've liked about the show? I like the humor. The humor, yeah. Yeah. It's, Darth Sidious, yeah, yeah. That, Darth, Palpatine and Vader, uh, they show up, in, they're the very first scene. And they are recurring throughout the series uh, as, as, as the worst bosses for Nare as, as you could ever have. Um, uh, that's uh, no, uh, Palpatine is very much the, the one character where, where, where it does sort of delve into that parody. It, it, Palpatine's characterization is very much like the robot chicken. It reminded um, me a little yeah. bit of actually the, yeah. the scenes that they'd released at some point of detours yep. a little bit yeah. where they were yeah. just terrible which, bosses. Which, which was very, which when they, the little bit of detours that they described, they, they described that as being like, this it was like being an office. This is the, it was described as being like office space in in, in Star Wars. So, well, and yeah. um, and and maybe you can't answer this, and we can just move on to the next question. But I mean, it was sort of the assumption I think people made was that obviously with the new era, 
bringing Darth Vader back. They wanted him to be very serious, and and that was that. And so Detours kind of took the brand in a different direction, and so that's kind of why it got quashed, even though there there was a whole season done, right? And and seeing this and seeing similar takes, does this kind of give hope for Detours, maybe seeing the light of the day eventually? I, <laughs> I I don't I don't know I can't really say if this 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 helps or hinders because if you have a detour show with a Lego show I don't know if that 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 if there's any sort of conflict there. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you so, still hear about detours and people come up and say like when is that going to come out? Yeah sure yeah yeah uh, de- uh, for those who don't know what detours was um, there was a, a a series that that uh, George had the robot chicken uh, creators uh, working on and they they did do enough. They did, did complete a number of episodes, um, but then when the uh, Disney acquisition happened, uh, it was decided that, that detours would be sh- would be shelved. So, um, uh, yeah, somewhere in a vault, there are all these episodes of this uh, Seth Green created animated series that. Uh, who knows when when it'll ever see the light of day? I'm not. I, I'm not asking. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to pin you to like saying like, hey, it'll see. It's just like it just seems. I want to see all that stuff. That's all. <laughs> yes. You asked earlier, Leland, what what really motivated us that we enjoyed about the the show, and for us in our household, it kind of comes back to the whole family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the core trilogy, you have a family that is scattered and comes back together. Um, in Rebels, you have a pseudo-family of, of vagabonds who kind of find each other. But this is like a core family Absolutely. that sticks together. And there's a and, lot and of- even in Rebels, there was, the, there was the whole element of Ezra trying to find his parents. And, and that's something that they resolve pretty early on. Um, this series doesn't even touch that. It doesn't even touch the parents at all. It is, these are the, this is the family. And, and one of their sayings, you get to, you get to a point in the episode where... where the, the, the Freemakers have this saying, the, the Freemakers fly together or they don't fly at all. Exactly. There's that sense of loyalty. And the other thing that we really like is um, Roger because he, it, to us, when we talk about it in the house, he's what we kind of wanted Jar Jar to be in the prequels, <laughs> right? And that he's, he's comedic, but he's not annoying, but yet he reminds us of all the good things of the prequels. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's, he's got a degree of faith to the loyalty to the to the to Rowan especially, um, but then he does have that self preservation going on there, and and also he he does bumble a little bit. He he burns his cookies. He he might uh, spill some beverage onto a control uh, on the controls of a ship, causing it to go into hyperspace. Uh, so uh, he does have that bumbling aspect. And then there's there's instances where you, where he does get redemption where. Where he'll do something, and it's like, oh, he get he gets this heroic moment. Uh, there's, the, there's one episode where uh, called the Maker of Zoe, which I, I'm not gonna give any spoilers as to who or what the Maker of Zoe is. Uh, but but Roger, they, the Freemakers end up on a planet that is uh, that's populated by by droids, and uh, Roger has to make a decision about whether you know. He could live on this planet with the droids, enjoying the, the oil bath, or, or he can uh, stay with the Freemakers, and, and he does the right thing. I have to say one of the things I love the most about the show, and, and that, that pulled me in and, and got me there, is part of the reason I didn't start watching it right when it started coming out was that I'd felt a little bit burned by the previous 
Lego offerings because it was parody, and some of those easy jokes are at the expense of stuff I really, really like and don't necessarily find funny, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, there yeah. were easy gags at the expense of, like, the prequels. Yeah. And this doesn't... Ha- it has that, that reverence for them that means... Because like, it was always a weird choice for me to watch that with my kids because they really loved them. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, this kind of brings it all together where you have, like, Roger, who's that avatar of the prequels where everybody loved the... Like, my daughter, her favorite was the, the battle droids. Well, her, she had a lot of favorites, but the battle droids were hilarious to her in, on Clone yeah. Wars. And Ro- Roger brings that to Freemaker. And, and I can tell you... I. I, I, I there's there's one individual that that pretty much made that all all possible. Uh, if you love Rebels, um, Rebels was one of the creators of Rebels was a member of the story group named Carrie Beck, uh, and she is one of the creators on this this show, and she's the one that you know uh, helped find Bill and Bob. So uh, you have a lot of the DNA from Rebels mm-hmm. um, with Carrie and, and 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 the story group involved, and 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 it's and it was a definitely concerted effort to sort of make these stories more compelling, add the heart that maybe some of the other ones, that the uh, previous LEGO specials didn't have, uh, have the overarching story that the previous specials didn't have, um, and, and just, yeah, a, gr- that, a, gr- a greater attention to, to story that story group brings. And that's exactly what I love about it. It really is. I mean, it's, it's I think something special, it's really... I mean, it's not just funny. I mean, there's parts where it's it gets to the core of being a family. It gets to the yeah. core of sticking together. It gets to the core of uh, just what that that. It has all the drama, all the intense action of any of our other of our other you know canonical stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just happens that there's it's got a Lego flair to it. And 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 one of the cool things about it is is that it very much is. A Lego show as much it is it is a, a Star Wars show. So uh, if you've ever played the Lego video games, uh, force building is a huge component of the show. Uh, so 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 being able to assemble Legos to to create a ship using the force is a part of the show, and that's something that you would never bring into to canon. Yeah, uh, you have the, 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 the there is the notion that you know what they are plastic figures, so they don't we don't kill them. Uh, but we also can allow them to to breathe in space. So at one point, there's a Whit Cooper yeah. ends up his ship blows up and he goes flying, and then you know what he's in the next episode. So so there are some liberties that we take that that acknowledge that these are Legos. Uh, their their hair will fall off. They'll crash and their hair will fall off, and they'll have to put their hair back on. Uh, if, if you are familiar with with the Legos them, sets themselves, there's a piece that comes with certain sets. Uh, that's the brick separator. It's this orange piece that that's that's uh, you know use, that you use to separate pieces. Well, that's a, an actual thing in this show that that is you know to the Lego figures. It's like this to the characters of the show. It's this big. It's actual size. Uh, so again, it's it's something that that is very very much Lego Lego Star Wars as part of the DNA of the show. It's uh, were there any more questions? Yes, sir, you've got the microphone. I knew I lost it somewhere. Uh, just going back to Roger, um, is is there any tie between Roger and the battle droid that's in the new aftermath? Mr. Bones. Uh, Mr. Bones. Yeah, Mr. Bones. Is there any tie between those? Mr. Bones is a little. Mr. Bones is a little more violent. See, I, I'll be honest. <laughs> half the reason I was asking about Jakku is because I want to see Roger and Mr. Bones in a scene <laughs> together. 
but but as as far as the the genesis of those characters, uh, completed completely separately. Uh, Chuck Wendig was 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 doing this thing, and Bill and Bob were doing their things, and. Yeah, yeah, I, I I knew that we were doing it, but it was, it was going to be Lego. They were different, and it was it's cool. And I would say if you like Roger, then check out Chuck Wendig's Aftermath books because yeah. Mr. Bones, they're spiritual brothers, and they're both hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Is there any other possibility of seeing anything else coming in from Rebels besides just Hondo? Anything else? From, uh, that's I mean, yeah, that's obviously uh, in the show. In season one, is there anything from Rebels? I mean, I think Hondo's probably the biggest one. I can't think. Yeah. I didn't notice anything off the top of my head unless there was some Easter eggs I missed, like you know, maybe the ghost flew by or something, and I didn't notice. <laughs> the ghost did, play, did appear in the Freemaker, or not the, the Force Awakens. There were shorts for Force Awakens where the ghost appeared on Jakku. Um, uh, I'm not sure if there 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 are, but there's a, the, you know if we ever were to do another season, that would definitely be a potential. What more do you need than Hondo? <laughs> Hondo's so funny. I, I think that's what's great I, about I, the show. I, I, I think one of the things one of the things that um that 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 the Rebels story is not finished yet. So if we were to put elements from Rebels in there, that puts stakes in the ground as to oh this character survives rebels or so we don't want to telegraph too much about rebels so that's why we've been uh we were a- apprehensive about about putting too much rebels content in there because we don't want to sort of like hinder ourselves with with that show and get jerks like me going like so hondo lived through all of that yeah 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 because rebels takes place before episode four so there's a there's a seven or eight year gap and uh between the shows so uh we need to give rebels its space to be able to to tell their stories is there any chance that we're going to get uh, any characters, kind of aged characters, who appear in The Force Awakens to appear a little bit earlier in their lifespans? Maz Kanata. Maz, yeah, yeah. It's all the same episode. She's the, yeah, she, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. So I should have said, besides Maz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's really Apologies. difficult. I mean, we, we, we wrestled that with, that, uh, with the publishing program because there aren't a lot of characters that you can introduced earlier on. I mean, Ray and Finn are off the table. It's uh, all just Laura Santeca. Nobody cares about him but me. Well, oh, and, and me. We, we care, care about Laura Santeca. We, we care. I care. The, the great thing about Laura Santeca is he, he is that prized commodity where he is somebody that would have been around during that era that has a connection to, to Luke and Leia. So uh, if we're going to do something with Laura Santeca... It's got to be Because we don't have that many characters that we can do that with. So we want to be... We wanna, we, we want to do something right with that character. You guys cast Max Moncito, so I'm assuming there's big plans <laughs> for him at some point, whether you know what they are yet or not. I don't know how we de-age Max Moncito, but... Uh, well, no, I mean, just like, just, he, yeah. He, he was good. The gravitas of that, of that actor, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I really liked Laura yeah. Santeca. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we, uh, we want to do great things with Laura Santeca. Excellent. Thank you. So we've got five minutes. We've got time for just another. We've got one question back there, actually. So we've got time for probably... No, right in front of you. You were asking, trying to ask a question, yes? Um, I watched the show, and I liked all the wacky ships that they made. What was your favorite of all of them? Uh, what's my favorite ship? I mean, I, 
of I lo- I'm, the, the two main ships of the show are, are the Freemaker ship, the Star Scavenger, uh, and then Nari's ship is the Eclipse Fighter, and, and, and the, the Star Scavenger is the show's Millennium Falcon. Uh, it, 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 it is very much a character in the show. Uh, it, you know, you know, things happen, and, 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 and you're sad, you're happy. Uh, it has its own story, story arc. So uh, Star, Star, Star Scavenger is definitely one of my, my favorite ships. But, uh, that's as cool. They're making those now, too. Like, they've got Lego sets. That's for what, it. yeah, the, 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 the Star Wars Scavenger and the, and the... Nari ship. And Nari ship, the Eclipse Fighter, are both uh, stores that, are, are, that you can find in, in stores. Uh, Grabala has his own ship that looks... It's like a sail barge, but imagine a sail barge that's space-worthy. So, so Grabala has his own ship called the Rancor's Fist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, what is your favorite character in the Freemaker Adventures? Well, you go ahead. I know what, I know what Grabala the Hut. No, as I watched through that show, like Grabala the Hut, it just makes me laugh. Like he has so many subtle, hilarious moments. He has Dengar. He tries to hire Boba Fett because Dengar sucks and he knows it, but he's like, but Boba Fett's not having any of it. He appeared in that episode with like a toque and a scarf, even though like it really didn't matter and it was like a fashion statement. <laughs> that stuff's funny. I don't know. Like, I was a big fan of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, so Grabala the Hut just works. Like, I was a fan of Zero the Hut, too, so I just really like bizarre personalities and huts. Yeah, it's so hard to pick a favorite because there's 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 so many great main characters. There's so many great supporting characters. Uh, one of the biggest po- points is, is is was the the maker of Zoe episode where you find out who, who the maker of Zoe was, and that was a very for me personally that was that was a a big reveal. And I'll just sort of leave it at that. You had a question. Yeah, um, I was just wondering. Can you clarify what what did you call it? Canon adjacent, adjacent canon. <laughs> canon adjacent. That's, that's, that's a term that Bill and Bob had come up with. Uh, but it, it, the, the idea is that this is very much uh, it's steeped in both Star Wars and Lego, and you can't have a Lego brick separator in the canonical Star Wars universe. But at the same time, uh, everything that we we put in the show uh, is authentic to to the films. Is authentic to uh, where where we are in the storyline, so we're not going to throw in characters that shouldn't canonically be there. Um, so does that extend to the Kyber Saber? That's definitely an interesting point. That's definitely an interesting point. Um, but whether the well, Kyber crystals is from Clone Wars, so the the idea that you get you get the crystals to a saber that you can a link to the past to destroy a moon, though. You know, that's like a Zelda sword shooting and <laughs> destroying a moon. That's not so much. Like, that's probably... Like, that would break Star Wars the same way all the Force powers in Gendy Tartakovsky's Clone right, Wars right. would. That is definitely a, a sort of hyped-up superpower to be able to, to wave your sword, have, it, have a blast that goes on to infinity, you know, wiping out. But the background is all canon. Yeah, and, and we, we use can, canonical locations and canonical ships, and we try to draw from uh, existing material as much as possible, so you're going to get a lot of uh, EU vehicles or EU locations in there. And even, like, the name-dropped planets, you know, they, the mines of Grabala take, take place in the Belgoroth asteroid belt, which is a, a location in, in Legends. That came from Legends. Does that answer your question? Yeah, so basically their story is not canonical, but everything else is. 
Do they exist in the in the canon? Do they exist? Are, are the Freemakers like if we went over to, you know, the the could the, could the, could could we see the Freemakers in yeah another non Lego story? And really, that's 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 to be seen. Yeah. Looks like Thank we're you. Uh, being asked around. Yeah, we 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 are out of time. Uh, I hope you guys all check out the Freemaker Adventures and thank you, Leland, so much for coming all the way out to Salt and, Lake City. And thank you for the great questions. It's 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 great to hear that get the uh, the, the love for the show. Uh, so thank you very much. So look, here's the deal. So I mean, I I was running out. I was going to go do something else, and um, right before this panel, we had our live full assist show, and uh, Leland came up right after the show and he you know he said hi and I said hi and there was a bunch of people around and I kind of had to run off because I was going to go do something else and then I was running out of the building and I knew that you had this panel left and I'm like how often do I get to talk to Leland how often do I get to see Leland right so I, I turned around came back in the building and I went back I went to your panel and I sat there and I watched this one and I was really interested in in in, in Hearing you guys talk about it because I did warm up to, to the Freemaker Adventures I, I like Xander I, I think Xander's my favorite character in the show and i like i like roger i think matthew wood's doing a great job with him and rowan you know as as me and leland talked after this panel you know i i went up and we were talking and he's like so you know did rowan kind of grow on you and i'm like look look you know here's the thing i kind of overdid a little bit on rowan i wanted to get people a little excited i want people to get mad at me and like go see the show and like call me bad and call me i'm wrong and you know, prove me wrong. You were playing the heavy. That's right. So, Rowan, now, and all fairness, heel. he does need, you know, he does need to be put in his place a little bit, but I was just overdoing it for okay. effect. I, I think it's funny that you had, it took, like, Leland calling you out on that to your face for you to admit it. Well, you know, I, I think I said <laughs> it to you behind the scenes. I'm pretty sure I said it to both you and Amy behind the scenes. This is the first time I've heard it. No, it's not. Don't say that. But it was. It was, it was a great panel. Yeah. No, it was exciting. There was a lot of kids there. Like even at like eight p.m. on a Saturday night, after three straight days of being at a convention, like all those kids were excited there to talk about Freemaker. Yeah, yeah, it's a good show. It's a lot of fun. Do we know if it's um, signed for more years or what? Uh, it's not. Leland talked about that. It hasn't been announced for more years. But since that panel happened, they did make an announcement that it is coming on Blu-ray. Oh, cool. So look for that. You can pre-order it now. I think. Well, nice. So, uh, yeah, no, it was a great panel, and thank you again for sharing it. I just, I love the audio quality that we got from Salt Lake Comic Con. You plugged right into the board with your device, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds really, really great. And there's great. still lots of great stuff to come. What is coming up? So, I think, I think the next uh, episode you're going to hear is uh, the the Life and Times of Ahsoka Tano, which yeah, we had the author of the upcoming Ahsoka book, and Pablo Hidalgo on that one. I'm looking forward to hearing that one too. I actually. Um, I was in the green room, and I met... Amy was on that panel also. I was talking to Amy and um, Holly, and we were talking to this lady, and we're talking, 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 and then Amy introduced me, and yeah, it was who wrote the Ahsoka book, and I didn't get to read it yet, so I have said, well, I look, I look forward it's to good. reading it. I know Amy and Brian have had the pleasure, and I look forward to it, and she gave me a really cool autograph, and I gave that to Anya, and Anya's like really, uh, really excited. Bridge that gap between the end of the Clone Wars and... Uh, what happened after her leaving the order? She should be excited. <laughs> it's that good, right? Yeah. Well, that's quite a, quite a rave review, Brian. Well, I don't want to talk about it yet. We'll talk about it when it comes out. And you're going to have to blaze through it because it answers so many questions I had. 
I can honestly say this is, I believe this is one that I can blaze through. Yeah, no, it's a really quick read. Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Brian, you can find you where? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Swankmotron. Uh, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Swankmotron. You can find me on Instagram at Swankmotron. Um, basically, if you look up Swankmotron, you're going to find me. Uh, or you can find my books at brianyoungfiction.com, or you can just type my name into Amazon and buy my books there. Uh, and you can also find my columns every Monday on starwars.com and occasionally in Star Wars Insider. If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, you can use the SpeakPipe app on the website, which is fullofsith.com. There you can find our Twitter addresses at fullofsith, at the mic, at swankmotron, at amy underscore geek. You can go to facebook.com slash fullofsith and check out all the stuff we post there, like show notes and the show art and all kinds of different conversations that are going on. And there's been some great emails uh, in the last week and a half, Brian. I got to forward those to you and Amy when we come back for uh, a full show. Um, we'll get to some of those emails as well. They're really, really good. Holocron at fullofsith.com and then iTunes, Stitcher, the uh, Google Play Store. If you haven't left a review for us yet, please do so. And if you're looking for me, themike.com. You can find my stuffs there. For my co-host, Brian Young, and for this special episode of Full of Sith, I am the Mike Pilot. May the Force be with you, always. If you're not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while. Mm.